I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The lights are out. The game is over. And we're ready to break it down. It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. It is Warriors wrap-up here from the Crown Royal Club at Oracle where the Warriors blew out the Houston Rockets in Game 3, 126-85. Of course, Warriors wrap-up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. The number is 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. Chris Townsend, Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson, and another NBA record for the Warriors. They've now won 16 straight home games in the postseason. That breaks the tie with the 1990-91 Chicago Bulls. So an NBA record and also uh, a lot of different stuff with this one when they won by 41, Matt. It's the largest win in Warriors playoff history. It's the largest loss in Rockets playoff history. It's also the largest loss in postseason history for a team that won 65 games or more. This was a beatdown today. It certainly was. And I... I watch the Rockets on a night like tonight, and they have no chance against the Warriors if they play like that. They're just, they're so one-on-one oriented with James Harden and Chris Paul, and the Warriors are too good defensively. They're just too good defensively. Every half-court possession for the Rockets starts out with James Harden dribbling at the top of the circle and five Warrior defenders staring right at him while three other Rocket players essentially stand still. That is no, you have no chance to beat the Warriors who are one of the best defensive teams in the league uh, without moving the ball, without moving players. and. Yeah, I guess there might be a game or two along the line where Harden starts knocking down some tough threes and the Warriors then go out and try to defend him out there and then he drives and can kick and he's got shooters involved, but I don't think they can do it uh, four times. And now they're going to have to do it for the next five games, and that seems like it's a, it's a fool's errand. Yeah, this is the first time, fellas, in NBA history, a team that's won 65 games has suffered a loss in the playoffs by this big of a deficit, 41 points. I watched the Rockets today, and the only way, the only way they'll beat this Golden State Warrior team is if the Warriors are off like they were in game two. They don't have the IQ. They don't have the pedigree. James Harden couldn't gauge the game and set the tone for his team. He just dribbled the ball until the the air went out, and I want to tip my cap to Steph Curry, fellas. He went Ricky Henderson. He scored 35 points today. I call him Michael Jackson, and today he went Thriller, and he put on a show after starting out cold as an iceberg. 
this is it. There's no way the Rockets come back. I know you're laughing at me, Stani. There's just no way they come back. I didn't expect anything other than okay. that. Okay, well, because I'm consistent. No, I mean, I, I mean, come on. I mean, the 41 points doesn't mean anything to me because the the, the last 16 minutes were garbage time. Ugh. But to me, what was more alarming than the final deficit was the way the Rockets played in the first quarter and into the second quarter. It was like a regular season game for them. They didn't have any intensity. They're lucky they weren't down more. The Warriors actually didn't didn't play that well in the first, let's say, 18 minutes of the game. But they just didn't have any sense of urgency. They were just playing the game uh, like they would have played a game in January. And, and you can't do that in the Western Conference Finals, and you certainly can't do it against the Golden State Warriors. The one thing I will say about the Rockets is, you know, they're very much like Cleveland in terms of they know – they, they know when to pull the plug, and nobody pulls the plug earlier than either the Cavs or the Rockets. And so, yeah, they ended up losing by 41, but it doesn't mean anything come Tuesday. It doesn't take away any of their confidence. It just It's a game they got blown out in. Now they'll play game four, and they'll, they'll roll the dice again and try to play it like game two. I, I don't – you know, they're obviously fighting an uphill battle at this point. Uh, but I don't, I don't look at this game as though they're going to lose their confidence now. They, they gave up on this game in the late third quarter, so who cares if they got outscored in the fourth quarter by 20 points? Warrior fans, we want to hear from you driving home or you're just listening here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570. D'Antoni said after the game that his team played soft. They gave us a haymaker, and we went down. And it really, it's just kind of odd the way this postseason has gone for the Warriors. You know, they're either taking it to you or they're getting blown out. The three losses that they have had, and I know one of our colleagues, well, at this game, why they played close? Well, in the end, it's about the final, whatever the final score is. And it's just, we have not had... A really a close game that goes down to the end where, you know, you're watching two coaches, you know, match against each other and seeing some great out-of-bound plays and trying to make shots. I mean, this it's either been a blowout either way when you look at the final score. Yeah, and I, th- I think a lot of that is, especially if you look at Houston, they don't play a lot of players. They get down 15 or 20 late in the third, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to – to play the starters anymore to try to come back in the game, especially against the Warriors. Maybe if they, it was a team that they thought they could, you know, make up a 16 or 18 point lead against, it might might be different. But uh, not the Warriors. You're, good chance you're not going to be able to come back against them from that far down, uh, especially in Oakland. So let's see what happens Tuesday. Yeah, my biggest takeaway uh, through three games is coming into the series, the Rockets' offense, it was fast-paced. It's not the Phoenix Suns shoot seven seconds in. Stani, they have a lot of – they slow it down, and Styles make fights, and this is a bad matchup for the Rockets going up against this Warrior defense, and so much is just watching Harden or Chris Chris Paul dominate the ball, and it's not working well. Damn sure it didn't work well today, but – but I'm blown away that they're 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 not trying to you know go at a faster pace to impose their will on the Warriors because if they the, the Warriors know where they're at the, the ball because they're just standing there dribbling and dribbling dribbling until the air goes out they have no chance. The other thing is 
everybody was talking about Steph Curry and injury and is he healthy. Steph Curry's healthy. Let me tell you who may not be healthy. Chris Paul. He couldn't get by players today. I mean, he's messing around with the ball. He can't get to the basket. He had trouble getting by Nick Young tonight. So if, if Warrior fans say that about Steph Curry, I guarantee you Rockets fans are saying Chris Paul's not 100% either. I, it probably wouldn't have made much of a difference tonight because they didn't get contributions out of, out of many players. But if, if Chris Paul... If Chris Paul isn't playing well, this team's got no chance because they need, you know, they need five guys playing well. And tonight, I don't know if they had one. Well, that's what happens. Uh, you don't have anybody play well. You lose by 41. And then have some pride. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, don't buy, I don't buy that. I really don't. What does that mean, have some pride? Should you have kept the starters in all fourth quarter? They should have never got. I mean, what do you, you know, mean? this is the Western Conference Finals, Donnie. You so don't do you, lose by forty-one points. Okay, how do you keep it? I mean, they have you play the better. In. You play better. The scrubs were in. I mean, yeah. what do you want them to do? No, I'm just don't get down well, to actually, where the scrubs they were getting in. blown out with the starters in. Yeah. So I mean, again, why? I, look, it. You don't save anything. I mean, you go into the next game, it's still zero-zero. Uh, I just don't. I mean. Who cares if you lose by 25 or 40? To me, it doesn't matter. You got blown out. You are listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1, KGMZ San Francisco, the home of every single Warriors playoff game. The number is 888 Draymond Green has just got finished. We're going to hear from him. Steph Curry is going to be going up to the podium. We're going to hear from them. But we want to hear from you at 888 That's 888 And does this... What we're going to talk about the next couple days, what we look at Tuesday, a must-win for the Houston Rockets. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the thing about the Rockets on a night like tonight, uh, especially defensively, what did they take away? What did they take away? They took nothing away. You have the Warriors shooting 40% from three-point range, and you have the Warriors getting to the basket. So they didn't do anything. They didn't contest threes, nor did they contest shots at the rim, or at least foul in the rim, at the rim. So the Warriors, they, they just did whatever they wanted tonight. I mean, they were just not, that was, they were playing against a regular season team. Uh, team playing against, uh, playing like it was a regular season game. The Warriors, it was a playoff game. The Rockets, it was, it was almost as though they they came out and thought, and thought, you know what, this is going to be a tough one because they're all, let's see if, let's put all our eggs in Tuesday's basket. It almost felt like that's what they were doing because they had a shot in the first quarter it was close. to take advantage of the way the Warriors were playing. They couldn't even do that. They go into the second quarter down nine when the, when the Warriors didn't even play well in the first half and they got out with a nine-point lead. So once, once I watched the first quarter, it just became apparent that there were two teams playing different levels of basketball today. Yeah, and at halftime, Houston had missed 12 either layups or dunks. 12. Yeah. And that and that kind of did them in when you say in game one, yeah, too. There were some similarities there for sure. But then again, all right, so you go into halftime and you're down 11. You're lucky to be down 11, I thought. I was thinking, huh, they're only down 11. They haven't played well at all. And then they come out and the Warriors go to 10-0 run to start the third quarter. But it wasn't even as though 
the Warriors did anything special. It was almost like the Rockets came out and they weren't ready to play in the third quarter. It's a Western Conference Finals, game three. And it goes from 11 to 21 in less than two minutes in the third quarter. Ball game. Mm-hmm. You know, ball game. And as much as I'm coming down the Rockets road, at the end of the day, it's very apparent that the Golden State Warriors are just better than the Houston Rockets. The Rockets have to be perfect. Tonight they weren't close to it. And the Warriors can win with their B or C game. And tonight they were better than that. But I just don't know how, from a strategic standpoint, Steiny, what Dan Tony can do, what lab they can go into. James Harden is your, is your horse, and y- y- the rest of the guys follow the lead and tonight they couldn't get by anybody James seemed hesitant he didn't know what he wanted to do Steph Curry was on him they didn't take they tried to take advantage of him but the Warriors defense was there the crowd had him juiced and I'm sorry forget the 41 you tell me if you you disagree with me I expect a blowout uh Tuesday (laughs) I do I just do and we want to go back to game two and all oh, the Rockets made adjustments and won. No, the Warriors were off. Oh, come okay. on. I'm, I'm, come I'm on, that Guru. guy. I'm that guy. Stiney, yeah. come on now. Well, why after game two were you saying the Warriors are in big trouble? The same reason I pre- – that the same thought process that had me pick the Warriors in five that's on 957. Okay. Game so, in other, words, in other words, in other words, the the Rockets had nothing to do with a game two win? I'm leaning towards that way. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's time to hear from the fans. Brought to you by Nations Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it Nations. Let's go to Charlie in New York. Charlie, lead us off here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, good evening, fellas. How are you? Uh, What's up, man? I, I, I just think when, when the Warriors play fully engaged defense, it leads to transition points. It creates turnovers. I wasn't worried about Curry off in the first quarter, uh, first half, their defense was locked in. They got to continue with that. They, they, uh, Houston, I don't, I disagree with Guru, all due respect, Guru, but I, I, the Rockets can bounce back. They did it in game three against Utah. They have, they won 65 games. The, the, the Warriors have a chance to take a stranglehold on this series. They got to go in like they're down to one. They go up three to one. It's still not over, but they really then uh, have it locked up. The, the Rockets can win game four. The Warriors cannot let up. But if they play defense like this on, on, on Tuesday, I think, I think they'll pull it out. Anyway, thanks, guys. Yeah, I mentioned the turnovers. Rockets had 20 turnovers that were converted into 28 points by the Warriors. Well, and 20 turnovers playing the way they play. I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, they don't pass, and they're turning it over. <laughs> so and missing bunnies. That's going to be. That's going to. You know, that's going to do you in any time. And then, of course, you have the Warriors doing the opposite, where they're not turning the ball over. They only had eight turnovers. Uh, just everything snowballed, and and the Rockets, they're very good at. I think they're very good at packing it in when they know that it's not going to work. Tonight they found that out probably midway through the third quarter and. That was it. How much have we seen that this postseason? In, in, Cleveland in, does it a lot. But the Cavaliers just in the just in the Warriors series. Listen, I would do it too. I really would, especially if I were the Rockets and I only can play six players, uh, because there's just no sense if you're going to play that way. You're not going to win, and so if you're not going to win, you may as well 
put it on the shelf early. <laughs> we'll continue with your phone calls. And Kevin Durant's about to head to the podium after the Warriors blow out the Rockets by 41. 126-85 right here on the home of the Warriors. That's 95-7 the game. off to Curry. He'll take a deep three right side. Good for Curry. Harden trying to reach it. Curry step back. Quick release. Three ball. Curry. We haven't seen that all series. Not that move. Curry head fake. Dribble drive to the rim. It's up and good. Curry is taking over this corner. Curry waiting. Off the screen. Deep three straight on. Got another one. Boy, when he gets on a roll, he's unconscious. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on the home of every Warriors playoff game, 95-7 The Game. Nobody gets this building rocking the same way Steph Curry does. Absolutely amazing. He had 18 points in the third quarter. Overall in the game, he had 35. The number is 888-957-9570. We'll be going to the podium in a moment. Khaled leaving Oracle. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, gentlemen? It's good seeing you guys out there again today. What a great win. And what is the one thing that I want to say is when you got a crew, and, I, you know, and I'm going to point out again that for the longest time I kept saying that I was not worried about the Rockets, and everyone kept just giving me a bunch of grief after, oh, they won 65 games, or even during the season when they hadn't won 65 games yet, I kept saying I wasn't worried about them. Why? Because D'Antoni, Harden, and Chris Paul, until proven otherwise, are perennial playoff chokers. And there's nothing that anybody can say or do that's going to prove that wrong. And what we're seeing over these three games is exactly that. And what, what I will say is the reason they weren't up bigger in the first half is because it shows the camaraderie and it shows how great this team is because Everybody was deferring and trying to get number 30 going. They're passing up shots and getting it to him and trying to work the ball over to him to get his mojo going because they know that for them to be able to move forward, not only in this series, but to be able to get to the destination that they want and that we all want, is they need Steph to ignite. And in that first half, there was a lot of times where I was like, just take it to the hole. And they would kick it out, and Steph would try to do something where he turned it over or he missed the shot, but you could see that the confidence was beginning to roll in him because his teammates had confidence in him. And it was only it was only a matter of time and he finally ignited in that third quarter. You know, and the building got electric, all the guys around him got electric. He started showboating a little bit more, I mean a little bit more for them than I'd like in my taste, probably in a lot of other people's, but you could see that swagger come back. And you know what? If you want a nightmare scenario for these Houston Rockets, a nightmare comes with the boogeyman, and the boogeyman woke up in that third quarter. No doubt. Thank you, Cled. Great call. And, uh, yeah, the boogeyman. The boogeyman was out today. Is the he boogeyman's about, scary. Is he talking about Chef uh, Steph Shimmy? <laughs> oh, that was great, man. The chef is back. Then he uh, says something to the, the camera. This is my blanket yeah, house. Okay, yeah, beep, my, beep, bleep, bleep. Yes, we yeah. can't say it. but He uh, needed this. He needed it. It's so good, man. It, this was icing on the cake. He needed a big game, and, and he came through with one. 
Well, yeah, you think about it. How frustrating it is when he got hurt, he comes back, he gets hurt, and then he's out again, and then, you know, you come back and you haven't really played basketball in two months, so it's going to kind of take you to get back to get to game speed, and, you know, you haven't played all that hot in, in these first two games, and then tonight you come out and you get to be you because you're start, You know, he's probably starting to feel as close to 100% or, you know, feeling like how he normally does in games. Yeah, I got to take exception to Khaled's use of the word choker. I mean, was was Chris Paul choking in game five when he scored 41 against Utah and got to the Western Conference Finals? I mean, it's 2-1 right now. Then the Rockets got blown out, all right? It's still 2-1. Come on. Do you think they choked tonight? No, I think he was talking about I think they stunk tonight. Up 3-1 against Their coach the thinks they were soft tonight. They were soft. Yeah. Well, soft's different than choking. But the Warriors had something to do with that, right? Their defense? Of course. It, it's, always, it's always both ways. It's always both ways. Draymond Green has been to the podium. We have it for you right here on the home of the Warriors, 95-7 the game. The transition definitely, you know, was a you know, direct effect from our defense. You know, we got stops getting the ball off the rim and able to push the ball is much different than, you know, trying to take the ball out every play. You look at game two, we was taking the ball out a lot and we got nothing in transition. So, you know, we understand that, you know, we're getting stops. That's when we're at our best. Uh, you're coming down, you're playing against a set defense every time is tough. So, you know, a way to combat that is get stops on the defensive end, and we did that tonight. And, um, you know, Steph definitely got it going. Uh, I think it was very important for him to get to the basket. You know, once he started getting to the basket, then all of a sudden the threes opened up and they started to fall. But he got to the basket first. And, you know, they've been kind of pressuring him, trying to force him to drive the entire series. He, You know, he took those lanes tonight and they opened the floor for him. Uh, Draymond Connor, Letourneau, San Francisco Chronicle. After a tough game, too, what did it mean to you to not only come out and win the game but do so in a, in, a, in a dominant fashion. How encouraging was that? Uh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's one win. It doesn't matter if you win by 40 or if you win by one. Um, but to respond that way, uh, you know, it means a lot. You know, it's kind of what we've grown to expect. You know, when we, you know, get get beat up pretty good, we kind of had that appropriate fears we always speak of, and, we you know, we play a little better. So uh, that was important tonight. You know, I think we felt a little threatened, and, you know, we came out and showed that. Now, it's important going into game four that we approach with that same mentality. Uh, it's not the mentality that we're up to one. You know, we got to go in almost feeling like we're down to one. You know, we're able to get one in Houston. So now, you know, the way to protect that is come out game four, you know, guns blazing, trying to take care of business. Monty Poole, NBC Sports Bay Area, to your right over here. Um, from the middle of the first quarter on, it looked like you guys just turned it up tighter and tighter on defense. I don't know what you guys did the last three days, but it looked like there's a lot of study, a lot of uh, preparation going into this. Based on what we saw, how much of this was effort? How much of it was scouting tendencies, all of those things? I mean, how did you guys manage to lock them down like you did? Oh, well, you know, we got a great coaching staff that always puts us in a position to be successful, uh, the best position they can. And then, you know, it boils down to just manning up and guarding your man. You know, you get on the ice over James Harden, you got to man up and guard him. Chris Paul, you got to man up and guard him. And then also try and take everybody else away. Uh, you know, game two, I think Ariza had 19, P.J. Tucker had 22, Eric Gordon had 27. You're not going to win like that. Uh, you know, so just understanding that, you know, they're a very good team, very 
great a great offense. Um, they're going to score, but you got to make those buckets tough. There was no resistance on in game two. You know, we we showed some resistance tonight, and you know that led to you know the offense that we were able to produce out there on the floor. Draymond, uh, Dan Wecky with the Los Angeles Times. You've seen it throughout your career, Steph, in this building. What is it about the relationship he has with fans where it seems like they want him to score so badly? And, and what's it like to be on the court when that kind of explosion happens? But, you know, you know um, I've seen those explosions happen here everywhere. You know, it's not just here. Nonetheless, uh, you know, definitely get a lot of support from the fans. Uh, you know, his... His three is similar to some people's dunk. You know, you go to certain arenas and a guy get a dunk and it's just absurd. That's how his three ball is. Um, you know, but definitely a lot of support. To, you know, the fans were great tonight. You know, it was, I think he had a great quarter during that third quarter, but you know, I don't mean to disappoint, but I've seen crazier from him. But it was good to see. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, that's a really good point. And you know Steph's obviously a very special player. He's a two-time MVP, and he's such a popular player. And you think of back in the day when Michael Jordan would dunk, you know, or you think when Dominique would dunk, and it just got everybody so fired up, whether it was a home or a road thing. That's really kind of the same thing for Steph Curry. A lot of guys shoot threes, a lot of guys make threes, but when he does it, there's something special about it. Well, usually because they're further out than most threes, and they're created off a dribble, which is unlike a lot of people that shoot threes. And he makes more than most people who shoot threes. And uh, he'll mix in some real nice drives and and uh, finishes at the bucket that are very creative and clever. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt that that Curry is the player that ignites the Warriors. I mean, there's there's just no doubt about it. And when he's playing like this, they're they're tough to beat. And when they're when he's playing like this at home, you got to wonder if they're impossible to beat. And I'll take it one step further, Stani. I think he's revolutionized the game. He is that player that can uh, put you in the blender 30 feet out and have bigs out there uncomfortable. And that's why nobody will admit it, but people were a bit tense that in two playoff games against the Rockets, he didn't uh, mirror his old self. But tonight he got it back. Uh, forget Stella. Steph got his groove back tonight, and it was beautiful. Stella got a groove back. All right, so Golden State with a 41-point win. This is the team's largest margin of victory ever in a postseason game, passing the mark of 39 set by the Philadelphia Warriors in that great 85-46 win over the St. Louis Bombers back on April 6, 1948. What were they bombing? (laughs) Not three. Well, what? No, three balls in. There's no three balls in 48, my man. (laughs) 46. Beating somebody by 39. 39 points back in 1948. 48. Well, the Warriors set a record, an NBA record tonight, and they did something they hadn't done all postseason. We'll talk about that as Warriors wrap-up rolls on, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. I know we got down early and didn't do the little things to get us in there, and then we'd have found some more energy. You know, they they gave us a haymaker, and we went down. Now back to Warriors wrap-up the home of every Warriors playoff game, 95-7 the game. Oh, they went down, got up, got knocked down again, 
then got knocked down again, and then decided no moss. This thing's over. Uh, hearing from D'Antoni, and it's brought to you by Farah. Check out Farah.com and discover a new way to sell your home that's completely free to sellers. John Dickinson has arrived here. Warriors wrap-up, Chris Towns and Matt Steinmetz, Daryl the Guru Johnson. He has arrived from the locker room. And, um, wow, J.D., I mean, a, a historic defeat as the largest deficit ever in a Warriors playoff game. They beat their opponent by 41 Impressive stuff, impressive third quarter for Stephen Curry. And, and look, a big theme of this series through three games has been, and you hear both coaches talking about it, which team is going to play with more force? Which one is going to, you know, in essence, impose their will on the other? And I think the Warriors did it in game one. The Rockets then being down 1-0 and not being able to, to go down 0-2 at home, they had it in game two. And I think tonight... Uh, the Warriors had it coming off of a loss. So we'll see if that true in game four. Uh, a lot of similarities for the Rockets, the way game one went to the way game three went as far as their defensive effort, some, some bad shots that they were taking that they weren't necessarily happy with. And the Warriors just, the, the effort defensively leading to better offense, I think was, was sort of the biggest story of the game and the way they ended really the, the quarters as far as the first quarter and the second quarter and then leading into the third quarter where they just blew the doors open. And the other similarity between game one and game three, uh, the Rockets, how many, how many layups did they miss again tonight? I mean, these, these aren't, these are, these are crushing plays if you want to win a game against the Warriors. And at one point, J.D. texting me and saying, this is just like game one. And I'm like, yeah, how many did they miss? Three or four? This was in the second quarter. And it was more than that. It, it was. It, it was more than that. By halftime, they missed 12. That's 24 Can't points. Can't that be pressure, though? Well, and D'Antoni was saying after the game, too, that it, it just and, – and you you mentioned this, but D'Antoni really said, look, against these guys, it's almost a double whammy because Definitely. you miss one and they go down and they're so good that they're going to hit a three on you or they're going to score on you, and all of a sudden it's a four-point swing. So it's almost – it almost becomes three or four four-point swings. Right, because – And you add that up and it's blowout city. I mean, just the one that I'm thinking of now was Tucker, just like he missed in game one. It's on a fast break. So when you miss on a fast break, and when you miss a layup on a fast break, you're gonna the, the other team will have numbers once they get that rebound. And again, if you think about it, if you're missing layups, that means the guy who's missing the layup is under the basket. Well, guess what? When the ball gets rebounded out, you're going to have an opportunity to run. And that's, that's what the Warriors did tonight, and they took advantage. Yeah, a couple of different things, too, as far as the rotation tonight. I mean, the big question coming into the game, would Kevon Looney start? No. The answer was no. It was going to be the, the Hamptons 5 unit still to begin the game, but it was a much different rotation with no David West getting in the game tonight. You had Stephen Curry taken out at a couple of points in the first half, late in the first quarter, also Midway in the second quarter, him and Durant's minutes were essentially separated to where one of them was on the floor uh, for the entire time. Uh, and you had uh, no David West, a little bit of Jordan Bell, and, and Kevon Looney still did his thing with similar contributions from Nick Young and, and Sean Livingston. Uh, but tonight, again, about 
Curry coming alive in the third quarter, but the Warriors, similar to game one, having what appears to be just more playable players in this series, at least consistently. Tonight was the night where the Warriors had six in double figures after the Rockets had guys scoring the basketball at a high level uh, in game two. The Warriors had all kinds of positive uh, contributions. I guess you should throw Quinn Cook out because he scored all 11 of his in the, in the final couple of minutes and turned it into a 40-point game. But uh, look, this series is not indicative of what's going to happen in game four. We've already learned that one, right? From game one to game two. The Warriors controlled game one, won that game going away, turned it into a pseudo blowout at the end of that game where I think the margin was probably greater than, than even the, the game was. Tonight is a legit blowout. Worst loss in Rockets playoff history. Biggest win in Warriors playoff history. But as Stephen Curry just said a few minutes ago in, in the press conference room before I came up here, it starts 0-0 on Tuesday night and it's you know it's not a cumulative score and I think the the Rockets know they're going to have to be better and I think the Warriors know that the Rockets are going to be better. Yeah, coming into this series, the Warriors have the best two players. They still do. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and the Rockets don't. And about those missed layups, we've seen it before in game one, as you guys pointed out. I'm starting to think it might be mental. The Warriors are tenacious on defense, and I know the game of basketball, when you miss bunnies, other things are on your mind. They're in a hostile environment, but that wouldn't be the excuse in game one. So no excuses. you got to put the ball in the hoop. And tonight they got Roy embarrassed and I'm eager to see if somehow they can go to the doctor get it fixed and go back to Houston 2-2 they would have home court advantage I just don't see that happening look the Warriors are in a position where they, they got to keep this thing rolling I mean you know, they've they've held serve now I mean this series they, they have the advantage they, they took game one they've got the 2-1 lead if they win Tuesday night and then they can take their chances Thursday in Houston, knowing that they've got Saturday in their back pocket and a game six back in this building. And, and Matt, you mentioned this before the game, and you mentioned it earlier when we were on, even before you guys started on Warriors warm-up, you're not sure the Rockets can win a, an important game in this building. And, and you know what? Uh, you might be on to something with respect to that. But let's not get carried away with this series is over. The Warriors still have to win the two games in this building, and if they don't, if the Rockets can come up with a great game or the Warriors slip up and the Rockets can get a win, it goes from looking like this thing is completely over to, okay, the Warriors are in big trouble and now have to go back to, and win in Houston again. Not that they can't, because I think they we're all confident that they can, but there's a fine line in a series like this when you're the team that doesn't have the home court advantage at the beginning of it. The thing that kind of struck me, J.D., is I just don't think the, the Rockets had a playoff mentality uh, tonight. They looked like they had a game to play with. It, that's exactly what it looked like to me. I, and you know what? I Believe it or not, on some kind of convoluted I, – I, I agree with them almost. Well, like this, this was going to be a really tough game for them to win. Almost like they knew three would be harder than four. And so, you know – They'll put all their eggs in Tuesday's basket. It's kind of – and there were a couple things that remind – one is they're down 11 at half. They're lucky to be down at ele, down 11. And it's 20 less than two minutes into the third quarter. And the Warriors, it wasn't like they came out and laid it on them. The Rockets just were lazy. They're just not playing as hard as they need to play to beat a 
Warrior team in the postseason. Well, we had the, we were having the conversation at Sam Amick on earlier, and, and you know, game three, usually in a series, there's pressure on one team or the other. The Rockets had the pressure having home court in game one, and then they lost game one, so the pressure was clearly on them at home in game two. Can't go down 0-2 at home. Well, once it gets to 1-1, Game three is almost the game where neither team really has the pressure. The Warriors are home, and they're feeling good. And maybe by the end of the game, if you're behind, you might have a little pressure that you're going to give that home court right back. But there's really no pressure on anybody in game three of a 1-1 series in a best-of-seven. And I think the Rockets played like that. (laughs) And I think the the Warriors just kind of played their normal game tonight, and their normal game was more than good enough. So now the pressure will be back on Houston. Now. The Rockets well, have had huge pressure. More pressure. I mean, yeah. so th- they dealt with this in Game Two. They're dealing with it in Game Four, and it's just, it's just odd that we really haven't seen. Yeah, you can say whatever you want about Game One, but in the end, the score is a score. It's just we have just not really seen close games. No, and I think they could be coming. I think you got hope. I think you got to have a close. Well, I, I wouldn't I, mind. I think they're more likely to be closer in Houston than they are here. Although, I mean, there's been, and again, I know the teams are different. There's been a couple of terrific games in this building the last couple of years between these two teams that the Rockets have wound up winning. Uh, but again, one on opening night. But again, a lot of different circumstances in play there. Any update on Iguodala? Doesn't seem to be serious. Uh, Steve Kerr w- was asked about it. And it was a banged knee kind of a thing, as opposed to, you know, having a, a some kind of internal injury like a like a ligament injury or anything. It was more of a, a surface injury or a, a skin injury or a bone on bone kind of two knees, two legs coming together. Something that you can shake out, as opposed to, you know, needing a little bit of work done on it. So that that's certainly good news for the Warriors. Although, you know, Iguodala is a guy that. Even if he's a little bit hobbled or right. not quite feeling 100%, I think you've got more concern about him given all the miles than maybe you would have over a younger player. You know, if Clay Thompson bangs his knee, you're thinking, ah, oh, it's fine. He, he'll be fine. But, you know, you never True. know. A bruise pops up or something like that. You don't quite feel as confident. You know, maybe you feel a little bit sore the next day. I, I think it would bother a guy like Iguodala more than not. So definitely something to to keep an eye on as far as the severity goes, but the early returns on that, uh, nothing significant. I just want to get back to your guys' point about how the Rockets presumably played with uh, a game in their pocket. Isn't that scary? 1-1, you're on the road, and this team doesn't have the moxie to think, okay, we can afford a loss. You're trying to take down the champ. I just think you would come out like hungry dogs and try to win both games that you got to play. But who are the Rockets to think that they can afford, you know, to get blown out by 41 and come right back here Tuesday and beat the Warriors? Well, they they had the best record in the NBA, and in fairness, I mean, the Warriors did it in game two. I mean, they played like a team that didn't really – I think they wanted that game more than maybe the Rockets want it tonight. But the Warriors got one, and, and the question when you get one on the road is, how hard are you going to fight to get two? And the Warriors really didn't fight all that hard to get game two. Uh, so, and, and I think you see it more often than not in playoff series. I mean, look, look at the game mm. in Cleveland in, in game three. I mean, the Celtics went in 2-0. You know, you're getting the, the Cavs' best shot. And, and I think in the nature of a playoff series, sometimes the, the score of the series and where the game is being played does dictate subconsciously how teams get after it. I've, I've always no felt that. There's no doubt about it. And it's not that the Rockets weren't ready to play. 
they just weren't ready to play at the level that the Warriors were ready to play. And then they got down, and it, I mean, there was a little bit of a, ah, all right. It, you know, kind of when they got down, like, ah, bleep it. <laughs> I, and you know what? And you I know, was telling these guys, I, I don't think that's the worst thing you <laughs> we'll can do in the Tuesday, postseason. Tony. I mean, oh, these, guys, you know, these guys are talking about 41 points, and it's like it, 41, 25, 21, 32. You got hammered. All right, how about this, though? How about this? And by the way, all Warriors starters scored in double figures. First time they've done that all postseason. But how about this? Will it make it easy for them to do again if this happens on Tuesday? What do you mean? Like, pack it in? Pull ah, the plug? bleep it. Well, no, they... Warriors you know, won't do that. Now, I'm not saying the Warriors. Oh, I'm saying the, the Rockets. Well, if they do that, the series is probably over. It's just a matter of whether it's over in five, six, or seven. Well... I mean, as much as you people aren't going to believe this, the Rockets, they need to do one thing in their minds. Yeah. Win one game here. You're right about one that. One game. And honestly, I don't think they care if it's tonight, Tuesday, or Saturday, exactly. to be honest. Because even going home, down 3-1, if that's what happens, I think they're going to go home thinking they can play game five like they played game two. Exactly. And get right exactly. back here and get another free shot. Or not free shot, because right. you're going home if you lose it. But get the third shot. Yeah, I mean, I expect them to play better on Tuesday, no doubt about it. But if they lose Tuesday, we're all going to be saying they're done, and I'm not going to be saying that they're in command, but they're not going to be thinking that. They're just they're going to say, we got to get the home game, and then we go back to Oakland and we win one. That's all they got to do. So they I gotta, mean, that's, I'm just telling you how they And then thinking, all the pressure's on the Warriors for the thinking. first time in this. You know, the, the war, right now, where the Warriors can, will have pressure is if they wind up in a game six. six. That, that, I don't yeah. see a scenario where the Warriors really have pressure until they wind up in game six. And if that game gets a little dicey, especially. Even if you're up 3-2. Correct. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like that's, and that's where I think we can make too much out of the, the forty-one points. The Rockets are thinking we got three games in in Oakland. We got to win one game in Oakland to turn this thing around. All right, game three is probably the least uh, uh, emo- important of it. And for me, it's and that's not to say like the Rockets could come in here and win Tuesday night, and the Warriors could go in game five. Yeah. I mean, that's not True. like, and, and then it's right back to where it was. So I'm not, and I know you're not saying that either, Matt, but it, like, it wouldn't surprise me if the Warriors won in, won in Houston in game five, won in Houston in game seven, wrapped it up with the next two. Like, there, there isn't any scenario, really, that would surprise me at this point as and far as the way this series well, would play out. And the Warriors could easily go back to Houston in game five and win the series there. Yeah, yeah. Pound them here and then go back and it's over. Because it. as Draymond said, they're only good for one dud a series and they had their dud. Well, and they have that pattern going. They've won three, lost one, won three, lost one, and they won three and lost the one. So it's, now it's be it, two more. It's time for the play of the game brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Harden trying to reach it. Curry step back. Quick release. Three ball. Curry. We haven't seen that all series. Not that move. (laughs) And I guess uh, when he started yelling at the camera in the stands, this is my bleeping house. Mm -hmm. He said he he was like blacked out when he was doing it. 
It was beautiful, and we said he needed to have a big game. He needed to have one. He knew it. His family was in the crowd, and he delivered. I just want to ask J.D. and Steiny just real quick, what have you seen through three games that makes you think the Rockets can come back? You guys dismiss the loss as if it's almost part of their their their, their plan. I'm just asking you from a basketball standpoint, Guru. a team that's lost, but let me finish by 41 points, how they can just be somewhere popping bubbly, thinking they can come back here in 48 hours and win. I'm just just the Rockets. What have you seen that you think they can come suffocate the Golden State Warriors? That's all. I I just need I, that answer. Well, I saw game two. You were saying the same but thing. The Warriors, you were yeah. saying the uh, same thing uh, after game one. Right. You said the same thing after game but one. But it wasn't the a forty-one point loss. No, and but I know was, that means nothing. Th- but it was on the road, and they won by thirteen. I mean, w- people were saying it was going to be a sweep. But the Warriors are so good. JD. They are good. They're the that, better that, team. That, that's the whole thing. I hear you. They got a chance, but the Warriors are so damn good. They are. No, the, the, uh, you're not going to get an argument from me on that, but the Rockets are good, too. The Rocket, Any game in this series, the Rockets could hit 23s, mm. and they could win that game just because they hit 23s. And if they do that, and I'd be willing to bet if this, game go, or if this series goes seven, the Rockets will have one game where they hit 18, 19 threes, if this thing keeps going. I would bet that in the next four games, the Rockets have one game. Now, the, now whether that winds up be it enough for them to actually have a chance to win the series depends on which game they do it. Are they going to do it in a game that they win by 30, or are they going to do it and it's the game that they win that they otherwise would have lost is the game that they do. You know, they, they don't need to do it in game five, no, down three to one. They need to do it in game six when right. they have a chance to, to force a game seven, or they need to do game six when they have a chance to win the series or you know, something like that. I mean, the bottom line is we've seen three games that have all been completely different. Who's to say game four won't be completely different than the first three? And I think we know the answer to this question, just all of us throwing it around. If the Warriors play their A game and the Rockets play their A game, mm. well, the Warriors are going to win, right? We all agree with that? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I, I think to, to your point, Guru, the Warriors may not play an A game. They might, they, you know, they might play a B-plus game, and the Rockets could play an A game, and that would be enough to where the Rockets can come in and, and, and get a victory. They're, they're still a very talented team to where – it's just they're not completely inept to where you where you say, well, they're just they're not going to do it. They can't do it. They're incapable of doing it. I guess I'm saying I just don't trust them. And I today I was trust the them either, easy, but you know, I, it seemed like that was the easiest game to get today while it was yeah. 1-1. And then now we got to trust them to come back after getting embarrassed. And they very well may can do it, but I just think it's a tall task. And then you have Steph Curry get his groove back. I think it's you, like, man, that's a double double whammy. I actually think you could make a case the easiest game to do it is the game after the game you lose by 40 points. I do, too. I mean, I do, too. I mean, that's what we see so many times. I mean, because I think you see, again, subconsciously, the Warriors are great, but subconsciously, maybe the Warriors are thinking, hey, we got them. You know know what? We got them. Draymond Green Green is already trying to set the table of – Let's play like we're down two to one. Well, they're not down two to one. They're up two to one, and they just beat the Rockets by 40. So it's not as easy as you think to play hungry when you've just hammered a team. And just like the Rockets just got hammered, so they're not going to want to be hammered again by 40. That's what we saw. I mean, game one and game two, who's to say game four won't be like game two? Oh, God, it's just... 
the Warriors have to feel threatened for them to have their A game, and then the Rockets, they have to feel totally <laughs> desperate for them to play. It's like, why can't we just come out and play hard every game? I guess that's it's what I'm saying. Tony, that's they, what I'm trying to say. They do play hard every game. They play hard every game. It's a matter of degrees. Wait a minute. Someone earlier you, said they look lazy. How can you be lazy and play hard? The point is, if the if the Warriors had a 10, we're at a 10 intensity today, the Rockets were probably at a seven and a half. Well, that's not good enough. It's not like they were at a zero, though. I think people come, people think, oh, they, and sometimes a team makes you look worse than you actually are, and that happened today too. Because I mean, every stat in the in the in the book went against them. They turned the ball. They turned the ball over. The Rockets can't turn the ball over playing the way they played. Mike and Tony said they played soft. Yeah. So you know what that means. There's going to be some. There's going to be some activity on Tuesday, guaranteed. We saw a little of it out there tonight. You, you think the Rockets? The Rockets are going to. They're going to. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not even saying they're going to. They're going to be able to be competitive. I think they will. But there's going to be some chippiness in Tuesday's game. You can already tell it's happening with Ariza. Uh, Chris Paul is very close to the edge. I like right that. Now. I like it. Well. That takes us to the stop of the game. Stop of the game brought to you by Quick Stop Markets. Fill up and load up at Quick Stop. Gerald Gray pump fake on Curry. Dribbles by him. Bounce pass by Mute. Goes up. Blocked by Looney. He met him above the rim. Here comes Draymond Green with a loose ball. Backdoor cut. Clay Thompson goes up in traffic. Hangs and scores on the driving layup. And we're tied at 22. Offense predicated on your defense. Oh, some big stops in this game, no doubt about it. We'll be back here on Tuesday, a 6 o'clock tip, right? 6 o'clock? Yes, sir. So that means we'll be on at 4.30 to 5.30. All 6 o'clock the rest of the series. Tonight was the only one early. All right, Matt Arlo. When you look at Arlo, I can tell you I'm getting a dog soon. I've been talked into a dog by the kids. So the great thing about Arlo is I can now move my cameras around and going to have to have a camera on the backyard with the, the puppy and the kids. And that's the kind of flexibility that you have with Arlo Pro 2. Arlo Pro 2. It's wire-free and also weather-resistant. We're heading into summer, not going to have to worry about that. But obviously our cameras were just, they performed beautifully during the bad weather with all the rain and the wind. But that's the cool thing about these cameras. They can be outdoor. They can also be indoors. So I can have them on the, on the inside the house checking on the puppy when we're not there. Yeah, and you can see things in real time. Or you can see things that are on the, the high-definition video that's captured for a week at a time. Also, let me take this opportunity to tell Warrior fans to get out here early on Tuesday. Uh, I'm looking at the schedule. It looks like the A's have a game, so it's going to be a dual event day on Tuesday. Warriors tip-off is at 6. So can't get out here early enough when stuff like that's going on. And by the way, the quick thing about Arlo, too, which is great, is whether you want to put him on your house, on a wall, you can put him on your trees. You yeah. put the mounts on the trees to give you the best possible view that you want. You go to Arlo.com. That's Arlo.com. Or... 
tomorrow or anytime this week, go to Best Buy. They have them at Best Buy, and you can check out this product. You look at Yelp. They get unbelievable reviews. This is the number one product. It is Arlo. Check them out at Arlo.com. All right, Warriors with a record win. They beat the Rockets in Game 3 by 41, 126-85. to 85, And we'll have Warriors all day long, starting with Joe Lowe and Dibs, then Steiny and Guru, and then, of course, Pop and Bonte. And then we'll have a little Damon Bruce talking Warriors all day long right here on the home of the Warriors. That's 95.7 The Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.